Hello and welcome to I Can Relate. I'm Jessica Burns. This podcast takes us on people's journeys through personal and sometimes sensitive experiences. These are usually topics that are not spoken about. And the hope here is that by bringing them to light, it'll help others feel less alone in what they're going through. I look forward to embarking on this journey with you as we develop a greater understanding and empathy for one another. Today, I sit down with Jerron. He shares his experience growing up in a home witnessing domestic violence. He shares how this has had a profound impact on him and his own intimate relationships. He has, as an adult, confronted his past and done a great deal of work on himself to get him to where he is today. Please note this episode may be triggering. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so how you doing? Good. It's still lockdown, so pretty bored. Uh, yeah. So we're both in Bermuda, locked down. And what do you do for a living? Are you able to keep up or how's it going? I do personal training. I've been able to keep up so far with the use of Zoom. That's what we're using right now. Uh, that's about it. Host my classes still on Zoom by Alchemy. The class is still again fairly strong. I think a lot of people like the social aspect part of it. So that's why maybe we've lost a few people with the Zoom classes, but still going strong, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Thanks um, for the yeah. So you grew up in a uh, domestically violent home. Can you share your story with us? Uh, yeah. Um, from what I can remember, it wasn't always uh, violent, or maybe I couldn't see what was happening behind closed doors. I was pretty young, maybe three or four. Uh, the only incident I can remember kind of shaped me going through primary, middle school, uh, high school, even through college. When he started to be aware of it when I was 25, when everything started to kind of switch and I had to face those fears. Um, one night, my mom was trying to tuck me in, still a bit of a blare. And my dad was just really loud. They both, he kind of dragged out the room and, you know, the door slammed. So now every time I hear a slam door, kind of, not triggers, but kind of, from, kind of takes me back to that time very briefly. Uh, and it's kind of hard screaming. Well, not screaming, like arguing, shouting. Um, and I started hearing a thumb, so I just walked out. Um, and looked like my dad would just had my mom against the wall, just choking her. You see, like, her eyes again, kind of like blood red. But I tried to intervene, and I kind of got hit into the couch. Uh, I guess he was just in blind rage of whatever. I knew what happened, like, 15 years later, I figured out what caused it. Um, so I tried, you know, tried to stop him. Hey, dad. It's really a, pretty much a blur, but I just know that they end up tumbling onto the floor and he was on top of her and you could see like her eyes go to, well, like her eyes would pop out of her head. Um, and eventually he just let go. But I, a few times I got hit into the, into the couch uh, or the floor. My mom got banged into the wall because she was in the corner before she eventually got to the floor. I think he stopped out a few of my cries and pleas and then my mom just took us right out we had family staying like connected to a house in St. David's um, and 
all I remember from there is those police sirens, not the actual siren, just the lights flashing. And I'm on top of the car in a big jacket. And uh, I think from there on until maybe primary school, I blocked it out. So I kind of didn't remember about it after that day. Even now, it's pretty much a blur. Mm. Um, that's the, I call it the incident. Yeah. Was that the last time you lived with your father? He came, he actually got kicked out of Bermuda um, after that incident. It took a little while and he remarried or something when I was, yeah, right in middle school. Um, and he, he was able to come back to the island because obviously he was married to a Bermudian. And I think at that time I had our little brother. He had, had another child, and his little brother at that time. So my mom would never let me uh, stay over with him. She would, took a lot of effort just for her to let me see him. Mm -hmm. um, and every time they saw each other, they would just, they would just argue, curse and Oh, she would, he would kind of back away and just walk off. Another time I had to call the police because my mom was starting to call the police. My dad had me a little too longer than it should. So it was kind of bad growing up in middle school. Um, you said it years later that you pieced together what happened that night. Can you share that with us? Yeah, um, I remember one day in primary school, everyone was being asked about like their dad, this and that. I think it was Father's Day, something like that. And the right cards, why not? And the, the teacher was like, hey, Geron, are you going to write anything or do anything for your father? And I was like, I don't have a dad. And everyone's like, well, you can't be born without having a dad. I was like, literally, I don't have a dad. I don't know anything about him, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, it's impossible. And I kind of got upset and defensive. Like, well, I don't have a dad. Ask you guys this. And when I went home, I was a little, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, well, they're right where I cannot have a dad to be born. So I asked my mom about it. And I, so when I started to have flashes of, I don't remember the whole incident entirely, it's all flashes, like bedroom, drag, door slam, couch, um, the, the light of the sirens. I don't really remember too much, but she didn't explain anything about what actually happened. I don't think I wanted to know. She just said, there, that's why your dad, you do have a dad. He lives in Jamaica uh, and he probably won't be back. Surprise, surprise, he came back a year later. Mm. Okay. Do you remember what happened? Did you ever find out if this was something that was frequent for your mom? Um, as I got older, my mom kind of compared me to him. He kind of, she was saying that you're just like your father. Um, my mom has chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. So she, her house kind of deteriorated as I, as we was in middle school and high school, she couldn't work. So we kind of grew up in financial assistance. Uh, my father came and he had to pay child support, which he didn't for a long period, which if you don't know about financial assistance and you have child support, they take a portion of what they're supposed to pay. So when he didn't pay it, we kind of got, I, I was actually defending my dad to my mom for the longest time because I forgot the incident. It's like, he's a nice guy. I want to get to know him. Everyone else has both. And she's like, well, he's going to disappoint you blah, 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 and yeah, he started to disappoint me. Um, and I just asked her one day, like, what actually happened? And she kept comparing me to him. I wanted to see if I was really like him. And I was only like 13, 14 at the time. Uh, in, a positive, in a positive light she was comparing or no? No, 
what 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 were the comparisons i i was very to myself and i was very snappy when i was younger uh, i could get like i could shout if i'm pushed i was always a quiet i was quiet going through high schools all my school with everyone you guys everyone was fairly quiet to myself i didn't understand why maybe i was just introverted but i have triggers and i didn't understand my triggers again until i got into like maybe adulthood 25 and my mom being in the situation she was um even now she kind of blames the whole world um for what's happened to her very hard to be around that mindset um i kind of wanted to be a normal kid and she wanted a caretaker so she kept saying you're gonna end up leaving me and never coming back um you know a lot of downplaying herself and if a lot of times the argument started when i want to do something um i want to go play basketball I start. I found Muay Thai eventually, and I want to do that every night. Um, it seemed like every time I tried to do something for myself, she would compare me to my dad. But if I started to shout back, she probably shouldn't have shouted back, but I didn't understand why I was getting so uh, hyped up. And that's probably the comparison she was making with my dad getting hyped up, probably from that incident. Um, I call it the incident for reference yeah. point, if anyone's listening. <laughs> So when that, after that, in, the incident happened, did your, you, you know, you said your, you had family who literally lived next door. Did you live with them afterwards with your mom? Um, I, so next door is my uncle, granny and auntie. Um, I, I was very young, but those three were the closest growing up. Probably my only family I actually would consider family next to my mom. Uh, they, they moved to, they sold the house that we were staying in and they moved to Florida. <laughs> Pretty cool. I got to go to Disney World almost every summer at a young age because they lived in Florida. Um, so I, it was just my mom and I for probably my whole life until I got into middle school. Sorry, until I left for college. Um, so they weren't around as much unless I traveled out to them or she traveled out to them. Yeah. So that must have been hard, though, because you your dad left, but you weren't really aware of why. And then your closest family moved away as well. And it sounds like your mom potentially wasn't the most positive person to be around. She used to be. She used to be very kind hearted, open minded. Uh, what's the word I can look for? Optimistic. Mm. For a long time, you didn't know. I didn't know that she had chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia or that she was dealing with uh, someone who you, that says love you can treat you that way in such a violent manner. She never really showed it until her illnesses started to kick in like overdrive when I was in high school and everything started to get, so I started to break down. Like you could see her mindset and just health just deteriorate. Um, so I got to watch her change from being so strong to you know, the whole world, so it's, it's their fault, like the victim. Mm. Is a victim. Yeah. To, as a kid or a teen, you don't know how to address that. You don't know what anything is. Yeah. No excuse, but. No, but that's definitely hard to be around. Um, do you, did your mom ever tell you of any other incidences that happened with your dad? Um. She told me what caused the incident, that he was always out late, came home late. I'm pretty sure he drank a lot. Mm -hmm. I think he had the old school from, 
how she explained it, he had the old school mindset of the husband takes care of all the bills and the woman, the lady, the wife stays home, cleans, and basically just listens to the the man, like very controlling and sound like he was. And I think I have taken a little bit of that unknowingly into my future relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think he was just very old school mindset and just was coming home late whenever he wanted. So what set off the incident was my mom tried to get him back. So just not smart when I think about it now. She took us to, I think, Grotto Bay for the night. We both tell him. When you say get him back, you mean get even, you know. Make them feel what she felt like if you're out all night and I don't know where you are. Not like they had cell phones back then where you just WhatsApp text. Yeah. You know, whatever. You, you know, I guess you will come home the next day. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm a, unaware because I'm still very like an infant. Mm. Was infant three, four, very young. Still can't remember much. And she took us to the Grotto Bay for the whole night and the whole day and came back. And that's when the eruption must have happened said that she was cheating this and that more than likely he cheated multiple times it seemed it sounds like uh, she never really got into detail nor did I ask too much I kind of got the hint uh, yeah yeah so she w- took you to a hotel for the night he came home didn't find you guys um was looking, for us. Yeah. was looking for you and oh, then yeah. when you came home he brutally beat your mother and it sounds like he tried to kill her you said yeah my mom once said probably if I wasn't there she may have not have made it um she I she says that my dad really loves me and do everything for me and that that's why he stopped but uh, it's really hard to forgive someone like that or even understand their type of love yeah yeah do you think there was you said that it was he would go out and have a drink. Do you think that these altercations only happened perhaps when he was drinking? Quite possible. Um, he seems like he was a player. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up a few times, people uh, would say, oh, you look just like your dad. Oh, <laughs> you know, give him that side eye, like what? You know, my, I don't even know what my dad looks like. Oh, you look just like him, spit an image. And I kind of didn't like that because I didn't like the idea of my dad or being compared to him. I can only assume that he was cheating from the stories. I never got a chance to talk to him because um, I didn't want to. Yeah. Another incident. <laughs> yeah. So with potentially, so, so potentially you think he was drinking that night and that could have been a problem before. Do you think that your mother, uh, you said perhaps he saw her as someone who needed to be dependent on her and it sounds like she was do you think it was hard for her financially to leave him no because growing up she provided nearly everything until her myalgia kind of kind of kicked in where she couldn't work at all um we never really worried about much i always got it's kind of weird but we started really good Christmas, never had to worry about stuff, and then slowly go you leave the nice apartment or house to a rundown one. You know, can't even. You know, everyone else around has got cable watching Dragon Ball Z, and I gotta listen to the stories because I can't watch mm. uh, Dragon the newest episode. Um, and you know, you kind of start on a high and start to fall, 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 and it's completely out of your control. Um, but I'm pretty sure she did the best she could 
I mean, she never showed until high school, you know. Yeah. Did you said he remarried and came back to Bermuda? Did that scare your mom? It's kind of ironic because after I guess divorce with the new woman, uh, they actually got along. My mom and <laughs> they, I guess, they connected through. I guess he didn't change, so the stories are kind of similar, like very controlling mm. and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure she was ever scared of her, but I'm pretty sure, like, she got irate when she saw him. Like, he would have to, when I wanted to go see him, had to be far away. I remember one time, one of my friends knocked on my door and was like, hey, can you come outside? Uh, this guy wanted to talk to you. I was like, no. He's like, oh, he keeps asking to come out. And was my dad, and I was like, oh, what are you doing on the island, basically? Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even know what he looked like. I was like, this guy looks familiar. Like, he, he seems familiar. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's like, the last time you saw him was at the, at the incident when you were three or four. Yeah. And yeah. like little pictures, we have pictures at the house. He looked completely, he had gray long hair. At, well, he's got curly hair like me, but I guess it was, it could, it could straight him. But in the pictures, it was very Jericho. Must have been the style. Yeah. Uh, the older generation. And I, we started talking, not even for like five minutes. My mom came out and completely shouted. The whole neighborhood's looking at us. And I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, why am I getting in trouble for, you know, he wanted to talk to me. Um, I think she was more scared of him mm. or what he could do to, to me. Cause I had him on a pedestal for a bit. We kind of connected while we was getting to know uh, until he started to show, you know, not paying child support, missing, missed my graduation. Uh, he was paying the child support in Jamaica. That kind of hit me pretty hard because but he has I, other kids so he was paying their child support in jamaica right at the time it was just uh one kid uh, okay younger brother so i was maybe going 13 or 14 okay and, uh, he was a baby now it's two more sisters i believe last time i spoke to okay him. that was a long time ago that must have hurt he wasn't paying your support supporting your family and he was someone else's well, i i always had a job since maybe 12 or 13, started packing groceries. So yeah, I, uh, it didn't hurt that he wasn't, like I didn't care for money. I've never really cared for money, but it just kind of shows you that I'm not, uh, I'm not a priority. And I was like, you know what? I don't care, you don't have to be a priority. I'm, 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 I'm growing enough, I'll make my own money. It's not much because you're packing groceries, but it's a lot for my age group. And my mom didn't work. So the only way for me to get something was to, to work. Mm. And that's the cycle of, that's when the cycle started where I'm always working, distracting myself. Um, I always have to work. Basically, I come home, go back and do something else. Uh, it was never a moment to, to stop. Yeah. And you said there were other things that showed his true colors with your relationship. Would you share what those were? Yeah, he, um, he was late a lot. He, for some reason, he didn't come to my middle school graduation. Uh, my mom didn't go because she was sick. So basically no one in the, the crowd for me. That, you know, had close friends whose moms and dads who kind of grew up in the same neighborhood. They, they, you know, they always like congrats. But, you know, I understood my mom's part. I could see how tiring it was. And also we weren't getting along as much um, due to the, my dad being there. Um, so stuff like that. 
when we hung out, it was never really bad. Like we would talk. Um, I, it's really hard to remember now, but I never felt in a bad spot. I felt like we got along pretty good. But it's just like his actions kind of show, like not like he would cancel rather than me not wanting to see him. Uh, a lot of trips to Jamaica when he should be paying child support and he can't afford it. This is all from my mom telling me that I was kind of kept away from the, I guess, the court hearings mm. and whatnot. And anytime he actually paid was uh, when he had to go to court. Yeah. But you hear from other, well, the wife, his wife that's going back to Jamaica a lot. I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. So from like the research that I've done, apparently the way like trauma manifests itself is there's like three traumatic stress reactions um, from witnessing domestic abuse. And I was wondering if I could read these out to you and you could tell me if any of them sound familiar. Sure. Yeah. So number one um, is re-experiencing so what that means is you're having intrusive thoughts for example door slamming um, that bring you right back to the moment um, sensations perhaps where your body was hurt if someone pushed you when it's not actually there um, so that's one uh, two is avoidance so avoiding reminders of trauma so withdrawing from normal activities and then three is called hyperarousal. So it's fearful, nervous, and jumpy. Do any of those resonate? Yeah, all through high school, I was middle and end of middle school and all through high school and most of college, I was very introverted. I was like social anxiety to the yin yang. Like I would freak out just having to go to school. I would avoid um, getting on the main school bus. I'll get up super early and catch like the normal bus, just very terrified of being in uh, public. Um, very, a lot of intrusive dogs. Um, and like I said, I found basketball, I found martial arts, I found Muay Thai, and I also worked maybe one or two jobs. So I was never around and everyone ever wanted to ask, hey, you want to go and just be, hang out? But no, I'm busy. Just never went to, be present of anyone, just always going for the next thing, mm. next thing, next thing. I had one friend, he, he's passed away now. Um, I think he kind of got it. Mm. He kind of just randomly showed up like on a bad day and just kind of um, just gently say like, oh, miss hanging with you. Like I, I pulled away from everyone in high school. It literally like all the friends I made in middle school, I was just strict. Like everyone hang out and I was just here in my own little world. And he would come around and just kind of make me feel better. And he never asked though. He just, just that friend that kind of looked out for you and then he was on his way. Uh, sadly, he's passed away now, but um, yeah, he's that one. Yeah. Wow. That must have been really hard to lose someone who you felt understood you. Yeah, I'm not sure if he understood me, but I, I guess guys don't like to talk. Mm. Obviously, I don't want to stereotype, but don't like to talk about the feelings, but. I guess he was pretty aware of how people are around. End of high school, I started to figure out what was going on with me. So I started to open up to a few people, not about my traumatic experiences, but I just started to make certain friends that kind of felt like they had similar, not experience, but we're kind of like the same, not really into big crowds or popularity. Um, yeah. like that. 
So you said you pulled away between middle school and high school, but this event happened when you were three or four. So what, what do you think triggered that? When my dad came back in middle school and then he didn't show up for graduation. Mm. Um, I also got teased about certain things in high school. Uh, so it kind of made me, on top of my dad leaving, it kind of just withdrew me. Just didn't want anyone to know who I was. Basically just silent ghost, uh, scared to be seen. And anytime I confronted being scared to be seen is when I started competing in the ring. Uh, Cause I found Muay Thai, well, actually I had a very good friend named Scott. Maybe he wouldn't remember hearing this. Haven't seen him in a long time. I uh, really love comic books and martial arts, Ninja Turtles. And he was always been in these martial arts tournaments. So I was like, hey, what do you do? He's like, oh, I do Gojiru. So, oh, I want to try that. And did Gojiru in basketball, uh, but secretly did Gojiru. I tried to join the basketball team in an attempt to make friends. Um, kind of worked. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that hit, your father not showing up to your graduation really had an impact on you. Well, then he got kicked out the island because uh, for a second time because the new wife divorced him. Yeah, I mean, he wants a guy who's always going back to Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> and and how- gets, right? Obviously, he has a kid there, but I think he was still kind of with the child's mother. Guessing I'm assuming um, it felt like he was using the new wife just to make money in Bermuda, obviously to see me. Um, saying he was seeing a lot of my mom, that's the type of stuff he used to tell me. Mm. You know, kind of get the idea that they'll get back together and you run it by your mom and she really blitzes on the idea. Um, so, he, so he was trying to get back with her? No, no, he never tried to get back with her. He said he, he still loves her. Okay. Um, yeah. Wish that we could be a family know that jive yeah so i've also read um that young children who witness domestic violence worry about like their caregivers so in this case it was your mom when you were three or four and are afraid to be separated from them so during that time did you ever feel that yeah i was always always if my mom i was attached to her hip until um I mean, she wouldn't let me ride my bike on the road. She was very overprotective of me. Mm. I mean, I was the same way. I was always with her, but didn't see my mom. Like the whole world is not working. So we were both attached at the hip until obviously middle school and I turned into myself yeah. uh, completely. <clears throat> and how's your relationship with her now? Uh, sadly, we don't speak right now. I don't know how to come. I don't know how to approach her about her blitzing and I don't really, I can't handle that right now with my, uh, how my life is happening. What does uh, blitzing mean? Yes, blitzing is my own way of, like, we can't hold a conversation where she starts to attack or she compares, like I said, compares to my, to my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly believe I'm nothing like him, um, especially how I carry myself. I got a pretty good reputation on the island. I hope I do. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, so when she keeps comparing and, you know, I don't, I'm not the best mentally. I'm better than I was at, um, cause I've been working on it for the, since maybe 25, 26. Um, yeah. I just can't handle it. I don't know how to approach her. And I don't think in any way I can because a lot of other family members don't want to approach her. 
mm. not the close ones because uh, my brian and auntie have passed away they passed away like back to back when i was like 24 25. Ooh. yeah it's my present men mental breakdown at 24 when they passed back to back um and that was like the last you know that small unit that we had yeah. Yeah. yeah that was it for you so everyone from that unit you has either passed away or you don't have contact with i still talk to my uncle sparingly um i just think that my uncle for me at least i've just i'm just moved on with my life my friends and family or mainly friends tend to move on move away from each other not as close but i i talk to them to get advice about my mom um about a situation that happened last year it caused me to pull back completely um and my girlfriend at the time was always asking like, why would you meet my mom i said why can't i meet your mom i was like well i don't want to introduce you to that environment like it's not it's like last year covid started to strike so she needed some help and we tried to help her and she kind of understood why i didn't want to approach her of how she comes at stuff which i was taking as was my fault so during COVID, it you two had some problems, you and your girlfriend, and she said, "Oh, is this the environment that you don't, you didn't want to introduce me to? The one we're we're recreating right here?" Yeah, because she's very, uh, my mom, she's um, very like, "I need help, but I'm not going to take the help." Mm. And if you don't do it, you're a bad guy completely. I don't understand how to. Kind of so it's like, for example, she needs water, you know, because she she can't really move around like bottles of water. I'm like, okay, I can't do it right now. But I can do it later tonight. I'm literally working. She won't answer back or call. I won't get a text back. Just, just say you never want to do anything for me. That's the whole thing. I got the whole like that. You never want to do anything for me. And it's like well, I have a job. I can't just leave my job whenever you say. But I can get it, and I'm available. Um, mm -hmm. stuff like that, that kind of like, you don't need that, especially when you're already battling your own mental images and, uh, kind of break, I'm trying to kind of recovering from that, like a, a few mental breakdowns from 25 and 30. So having that and being compared to a father, I don't even know is kind of, it's kind of hard to be around. <clears throat> That's painful too. Cause she's only said, you know, some pretty horrible things. And I said some stuff in retaliation or maybe even beforehand, like it's not been the best relationship yeah. after college. Um, I'm at fault with a lot of the stuff, but I don't know how, I wish I knew how, if I, I, I had a therapist who would, was helping me uh, to confront certain things, like write letters, talk to her. I was like, hey, you don't want to talk to her about this stuff. It's going to like she's right about everything. Like I don't think a therapist can help how far her, her mind's gone. Mm. Um, he also suggested going to Jamaica and meeting my whole family uh, as a way to move on. And I kind of don't want to see any of them. So your therapist says you should go meet everyone. He said that would be a good way. To, it's like your brother and sisters have done nothing to you. Yeah. You should, you know, give them a chance. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that must be so hard. And I think, you know, sometimes you can love someone and know they're not like good for you. Sometimes you need to get like, put your own mask on, as they say, to breathe before you can help someone else. So maybe you just need time to get grounded yourself. 
Family doesn't mean uh, blood relations. Family can be people that you choose, you know, people who actually are there for you, genuinely there for you. Um, sometimes your family, that's blood, it's just not, not their fault. They grew up with faults and they, maybe they didn't confront them, but if they're not healthy for you and your mindset, you just gotta, I'm not saying completely disappear from their life, but you just distance yourself from them for your own sake. Yeah. Absolutely. So one thing I'd noticed, you said your mom says you're like, just like your father. So, you know, I've read that people who have witnessed domestic abuse um, are at higher risk of potentially learning those behaviors and in and kind of repeating them in intimate relationships. So for example, um, and this might not be true, but using domestic violence to control another person, to end an argument or to release stress. Have you experienced any of this and what steps are you taking to make sure that that cycle is not repeated? Yes, it's happened in uh, my previous relationship. Um, it got a bit more carried away than it should have. I had, I had to learn why I got triggered. Um, I was reading a book called um, by Mark Manson the subtle art of not giving a fuck, um, which he brought up something called the feedback loop where you think of something and it keeps cycling, 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 cycling. And most of my life I would cycle. I'll get caught in my own feedback loop. And that book, I probably the first time I actually read a book and started taking notes. I really kind of, it's like look at yourself in the mirror and you punch the mirror and it shatters in pieces because you just don't like what you, what you see, what you feel. And then you have to kind of slowly re-piece it back together. Um, and I felt like that's what that book was like. Um, when the incident happened with, in the relationship, I immediately went to uh, my therapist and started talking about, <clears throat> I started opening up more and more about like my family and this and that. And I have another coach named Arjan Buck. He did online like life coaching. So between these individuals, I started to, and Mark Manson, hope he ever hears this uh, podcast, I started to figure out what triggers me. And there's a few things that kept popping up, um, especially with Buck, uh, is that your, your parents unintentionally in, give you their scars. It's not their fault, it's not your fault, but you can, just, you don't have to be that. It's your choice to get up and move on and experience it like that you want to have and back away so since then i've just found out what my triggers are i've learned i really tried not to get lost in the feedback loop and it's been working ever since I'm so what, are, what are those what are those triggers it's it's very uh very hard to say like um i get very defensive about certain things that could make stuff most likely insecure from being introverted uh, my whole life. So a lot of, like a lot of times going out, maybe just another guy talking to her would trigger me. It's nothing to do with her. I had to tell her that a lot of the stuff is nothing to do with you is a lot of my uh, triggers. Um, but a lot of times what I don't like is... Wait, sorry, would you go back to that? I didn't understand. So when you're out on a night out, you would it be triggered by someone speaking to her? Yeah, well, I thought they may be flirting with her. Mm. Um, that's just one trigger. That's probably the most relatable one I can kind of muster into words right now. Uh, relatable of, to others or to your father? Other people. Okay. And yeah, most likely my father. Yeah, okay. probably a big one right there. 
Um, but a lot of triggers was, uh, you know, I feel like people can not attack quiet people, you know, like verbally, mm-hmm. um, just verbally assault you. And because you, you come off calm and you don't really want to react back and a lot of triggers is bullies, you know, a lot of triggers. Um, and I got, I had a really bad relation, sorry, toxic work environment from my previous job, which I was completely stuck in the feedback loop. Um, I went to work so tense every day. And from there on, certain triggers kind of spilled over, you know. Um, you have to learn to recognize it because the individual in front of you is not doing it on purpose. And in my head, they are doing it on purpose. And would those triggers lead to a violent like outbreak on for you, like an aggressive verbally? Sometimes I'll take it. And the more you take it, it builds up into a bigger explosion. It could, it could turn into a, the most has gotten a bit physical, but it's mostly shouting, cursing. Um, And once you learn your triggers and when you get out of that feedback loop, um, I have control. Um, Since I've been on the journey since 30, I haven't really lost it yet. Hopefully, I'm only 31, so 32. But I've really been trying my best to be calmer and do something different, not just be busy at work. You know, a lot of things that helped me was fighting in the ring. That really helped me. So I was so scared to be seen, uh, seen and I had social anxiety to the yin-yang. So to walk in the ring where all eyes on just me and this guy who wants to knock my head off my shoulders, um, I started to get a bit not confident. I started to relax more. Since 30, I've been trying to be like that. I think it kind of reflects on my job as well. Because my job has got to be able to relate to people, at least be able to talk to people. When you got social anxiety, you just thinking of talking to someone makes you want to run and hide under a blanket. So I had developed routines to like kind of pump myself up, like when I get to work or right before a class. I got like a little routine that kind of gets me like, it's okay, breathe. I'm not going to attack you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, being in the Muay Thai community, I started to gain friends. It was like a routine. Um, it's almost like people just came out of nowhere, uh, regardless if I was antisocial or had social anxiety. And that's martial arts very important to me right now, probably why I'm a coach. But it's that environment that's really kind of saved me. And one day, I just went into the ring. I never told not one coach that I was scared and I had anxiety. And I, I thought I'll let them down. Um, and if I, if I could take it back, I would tell them because I'm pretty sure they would help guide me. And I probably would have performed even better than they did. But I never cared about winning or losing. It was just something to do at the point. Uh, but means I can remember walking, every walk out to the ring, I would never look into the crowd. Mm-hmm. When they raised my hand, I never looked into the crowd. I just did not want to be... Just didn't want to be seen. Never post about it on Facebook, rarely. Telling my, my friends, like, oh, how come you didn't tell us that you was fighting? I was like, what's so big about it? I'm just, mm. you know, just Do you think perhaps you don't want to give people the opportunity to let you down? Yeah, maybe. Just like dad not showing up to that middle school graduation. Yeah. Mm. I did tell one of my mates, uh, well, he actually is, I call him my brother. Uh, he, they kind of adopt me and their family, not actual adoption, but that's what, that's a story that we tell everyone. Uh, we was out on front street one day and 
It's like, uh, very politely, it was like, oh, you don't like to get close to people. It was like, I don't want to get close to people because I don't want to lose them. Mm. You know, I always keep everyone at bay and they seem to be there forever. It's like the closer you get, the worse people seem to treat each other. And then when you lose them, it's like the worst thing in the world. You know, mm. that was my interpretation back then. Yeah. And it's changed now. You've learned to let people in. Yeah, I got I got a group of five. Uh, if you read a lot of books, they say you should have five people you associate with. You talk, they should all have similar goals and mindsets. Um, Is this a book, sorry, that you've read that told you to do this? This was actually in the Supple Art of Not Giving a Fuck, but I actually heard it from my therapist at first. So share, share with us. I've never heard of it. So the five that, your, your group of five are people who share similar goals, similar interests. Uh, if you have a problem, like an issue, you go talk to them. You don't talk to everyone, just anyone about it. You go to this five. Uh, a lot of them, let's say finance, really big into finance, then they're all pushing to go finance. You have your group of five. And all five are all, not all of them know each other either. You know, those people I, I tend to turn to uh, when I just need advice. Uh, but a lot of our five conversations are less about my traumatic and drama experiences and just us having coffee, chatting and having like talks, uh, trying to figure out how to make money during COVID, you know, trying to figure out, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, so it's gotten better. And I feel like I have a lot more friends than I've ever had in my, my life because I don't, I more likely always have acquaintances. I mean, just like when we was walking in the park, I normally don't do that. I'm like, now nah, I'm going home. Or uh, as my fight team, if you ever hear the talking on my fight team, I hate hugs and I hate giving out hugs and I hate receiving hugs. But if they do something that I'm very proud of, I will share a hug with them. Uh, my talent has nothing to do with you. I don't like hugs. It's just me. <laughs> now it's COVID, so you're like, perfect. Yeah. COVID <laughs> is my round. So if you could give your younger self advice, you know, that that you who just got stood up in middle school graduation what would you what would you say go talk to someone you know uh, lean on your friends you know i was very scared and i got teased quite a bit for like the part when like, people start finding out that you know you're not you know you're under financial assistance or assistance it was very hard for me to share with my friend even my friends that i was struggling a lot uh didn't eat much you know bills barely getting paid. So I really pulled into myself, but I think I should have just leaned on the few, like my friend who passed away, who seemingly came out of nowhere and just uh, brightened my day. And, and it's not for wrong getting help or talking to a therapist. Uh, I have luckily had coaches in my life, uh, basketball coach turned to, and I had my sensei, then uh, Muay Thai coach, boxing coach, and, you know, they inadvertently help you. They've never really asked me too much of my trauma, but they give you life lessons. So my, to my younger self, get more active in some type of art, you know, martial art, drawing, something, music, to keep you preoccupied rather than going home and being a depressed individual, you know? Mm. Okay. And what advice would you give for other adults who have childhood trauma, which still impacts them today? 
I would say don't be scared to embrace it and, you know, find out a way to face everything. Uh, because the more it goes on, the more it eats up and the, the worse it gets. Even me, I'm still, I'm still working on it. I mean, 30 is when I started to work on everything for, for real. And I still have moments where um, it comes all back. But I've learned techniques. I've learned ways to kind of deal with it. And if I have a bad day, I just have a bad day and be kinder to myself. So one, be kind to yourself. Two, don't be scared. Three, try to embrace it. You know, we're any human, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, so much love to you. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the invite. I was very nervous about this. Yeah. You did so well, honestly. Oh, thank you. Um, but hopefully we can catch up post-lockdown. Yeah, exactly. When we allow to be mixed households again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to I Can Relate. If you'd like to hear more of these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can do this on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or any other platform you're listening on. To become a part of the community, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Join me next time for another episode. Thanks for listening.